0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Tommy, the Pro Wrestling Podcast with Tommy, Norbs, and me, Brittany. And on this episode, we have American professional wrestler, Rick Morton. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Rick. All right. Thank you all guys for having me very much. I just, I love my business so much. I love talking about it. Mm -hmm, So thank you again for having me on here.
2: Hey, we love you. We love you, Rick.
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, sure. to get things started, what inspired you to get into wrestling in the first place?
1: Well, I, it, my dad was a professional wrestler. Uh, later on in the years, y'all might have seen him. If you watch any of the old Memphis wrestling, my dad was uh, the ball-headed referee that had t- tattoos all up, but he had tattoos all over him before they were cool. Uh he, he was a drill instructor in the Marine Corps, and here in the States, uh, the Marine Corps understand it, sir. Yes, sir. Sir, get your foot out my ass, sir. But he, uh, my dad uh, was a professional wrestler. Then he became a referee and I grew up in the business and and by saying growing up in the business, it didn't have a choice because my dad did a lot of different things. I'm going to tell you a couple of things uh, that he, he pulled the restroom and set it up for Nick Goulders, uh, he worked for Eddie Graham down in Florida Referee and the Phil brothers in Pensacola. This is back in the territory days. Uh, but when he was at home, it was our job. I had four brothers and we had to go with our dad and, and set the wrestling ring up in the spot shows to, to go along with it. And, and, and after growing up in the business and playing sports, I really, I really didn't even want to be a wrestler. And all of a sudden it just hit me when I was like 20 years old. But see, growing up in the business and coming there, you know, it, it gave me a head start in a lot of people. And my dad, you know, plus traveling with my dad. My dad, he, uh, gosh, what a book of knowledge he had. And uh, it helped me out later on in my career being a professional wrestler. But that's how it started. My, I came from a wrestling family. I, you know, I have a third generation. My son, Kerry Morton. Is just starting wrestling, but one thing that I didn't have an opportunity to do was get a great education. And uh, he he got a four year scholarship, uh, and I'm going to make sure that before he really fans out into the business that he gets his education, and and understand me in, in our business. And I wish to, you know the, the better education you got, uh, the more it helps you in our business. You know, there's a lot of guys that. That have wrestled that you don't see no more that work behind the scenes that make twice the money (laughs) that they did wrestling just by working behind the scenes and being educated enough to fulfill that spot.
2: You had such a great illustrious career, Rick. Um, you've been around, uh, so many wrestling promotions. I know this is a loaded question, but which wrestling promotion did you enjoy the most?
1: Oh, you know, okay. And I, and I, this is a good thing, and I'm I'm glad you asked me this. You see, this is a hard business, and you and you worked a lot of uh, territories, and let me tell you, they was hard. Yeah, and I want to start off with something to tell you. You know, when I was first started in the business, you know, every promoter in the world told told me that I would never make it in this business. I was too small. Uh, at that time, our business was different. Uh, you know and we're talking about territory wrestling and, and and they were very hard because most of the territories, the the top baby face owned them. So you had a, like a snowball's chance in hell getting over him because you never were going to. And I hope that you understand what I'm saying about that. But I worked through a lot of them. Mid-South with Bill Watts, you know, uh, the Crockett's at NWA. I, uh, I worked, L- Leroy McGurk in Oklahoma and-, and Bill Watts, uh, in Louisiana. But just to say that my favorite one, and, and I've got to say this right here was Jimmy hit, and uh smoky mountain wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why it was, uh, a small territory, uh, that's when I really first got to meet one of you, one of you guys from Canada, you know, Chris, uh, Jericho, uh, he—that's where he first started. That well, I mean, that's where he first come to to get experience into this business. And uh, but I I enjoyed Smoky Mountain Ross, and it's not because of that. It was just because it was an easy territory. The trips wasn't very long. You know, when you wrestled for NWA in the Crockett days, man, this is before they had the. The people working in the office that was coordinating everything, especially when I had to run with Ric Flair. Gosh, man, one night I'll be in Miami, and next night I'll be in Seattle, Washington, next night I'll be in New York. Uh, the next day, two days later, because it took two days to get there, Tokyo, Japan, back to Kansas City. I mean, it was just chaotic all the time. You know, I mean, just your traveling schedules, wouldn't coordinated with. With the towns that you were in, uh, it, they got better later on. But this, but I loved. Don't get me wrong. But I loved every place I get uh, I went to. But Smoky Mountain was probably my favorite place because it was just small territories. You, you know, you didn't have to walk home crackers to, to have a job. Uh, and, you know, working for Jimmy Cornette was it was cool. You know it. He, no hassle, no problems. And, uh, we just did our job and we had fun making money together.
3: And, uh, to follow up uh, Tommy's uh, question, um, you've had an illustrious hall of fame career. You've won multiple, uh, titles in, in your career. Um, you know, you, your career spanned uh, span about uh, 40 years, uh, I, I guess, uh, as I'm reading through, um, like loaded question again um, if you can narrow it down to your top three uh, greatest opponents of all time who would those be
1: somebody asked me uh, the toughest opponent I ever had it, that's age because I've been doing this for 46 years and that's just what you asked me earlier and, and and in my day and and don't get me wrong it's not like these old stories work I walked 600 miles to a town to wrestle no That's just being sarcastic, but what I'm trying to say is, the business was totally different. Uh, It was really sacred. Our business was so sacred, and and by saying this, and I'm going to answer your question, but I'm like a squirrel jumping from limb to limb. You know, we didn't even get our finishes till you went to the rink. Uh, The heels of baby faces were never together. You never seen them, You know, Bobby Eaton was one of my best friends. The only time I ever seen him was in the rink. Uh, but working wise, uh, there's so many guys. There's nobody. And, and please understand what I'm saying here. Uh, as being world champions in our business, there's nobody that could ever follow Ric Flair's Philly shoes. I'm telling you. I know I was there. I was in months this. I did one of the greatest angles in the world. And I had the greatest opportunity to have this angle with Ric Flair. And the reason why was that? Because they were grooming Magnum T.A. But Magnum had a car wreck and was paralyzed. So they had to go in direction. And Rick picked me for this. But just the way his psychology and the ring and the way that he did things you could never imagine. And, see, and, our, and, and Rick helped me understand the business. So that's what's wrong with our business today, the trainers. None of the trainers has ever worked on top of the territory. Uh, none of the trainers is there yeah, so, you know, hell, I'm 64 years old. I could still leapfrog. Hell, I'm going to even do a Canadian destroyer. But there's not many people that know how to work and working wise, understanding our business, knowing what it's about and knowing what's we're here, it's not about me getting my shit in. Nobody cares about that. Uh, it, and to say, you know, and Jerry Lawler, he's the one that gave us the Rock and Roll Express. Jerry Lawler can paint a picture in the ring better than anybody i uh, ever seen. Jerry Lawler can get in a ring with a midget, and Jerry Lawler, with how the people thinking that midget could beat him anytime. See, that's understanding our business and what our business is uh, really about. It gets far from it. And I hope you guys and understand if you ever get a chance and here, I'm jumping back to this other tree over here. You know, I have a YouTube show that comes on every Sunday from my school of Morton. It comes on live at 5.05 Eastern time. And it's really good. I mean, it's I, I, I stick it to the old school. I have a lot of when I say a lot of people watch it, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about people in big territories watch it oh, for the big wrestling companies, and it, which is good. Uh, did I get back there? And then, man, it's I, I can't just name because even years ago, our business was so sacred, and, and even your guys that that you were considered job boys back then. We're great workers, buddy, because you had to, our business was so sacred that you had to get away from it. Now, you know, and, you know, I can't pick, you know, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton and, and Stan Lane with Jimmy Cornette, great Hill team. But also, stop to think, Art Anderson and Tully Blanchard were a great tag team. Stop to think again, Nikita, Ivan, and Barry Dorso. You see, all these things and storytelling into our business. And, and I got to tell you, Dusty Rhodes was the greatest booker ever. You know, he, gosh, I mean, he took NWA to, to a place that nobody would ever imagine. uh by, by using all his talent in the right way, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just not stump it in the ring and, you know, I'm going to, jerk your neck off and doo-doo down your neck or whatever. You know, you see what I'm saying? Everything meant something. And, and it's even at my wrestling school. You know, make it mean something when you step into the ring. And it's not about that. I mean, it's just neutral. And me being a baby face and guys, if you go back and watch some of my matches, not less big angle, I never balled my fist until the heel gave me a reason to do it. Yeah, and, and then I still didn't hit it. Uh, and making it, and see, if if you're working in our business today, and boys, we went way off on this question here, but in our business, see, I consider myself in the ring. If I could make the guy on the front row believe what I'm doing when I'm selling, what do you think that guy up in that balcony is thinking, or that guy at home on TV that's watching? Uh, See, I put things into perspective, and, and a lot of people don't do that no more. They're worried about if you know, and you could always tell on WWE. And I hate to say this because I love our business, but you know when somebody's facing do something smack cockler, because I have twenty guys out on the floor to catch it. You know, and it's it gets so hard. But if we get back, and I promise you guys, you wait and see our business, and this is where Ricky Morton's going to come alive. Our business has to change. Uh, It has to go back to doing that. But not only – and you was talking about having a a Hall of Fame career. Thank you very much. uh, Robert and I are going to be inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame this year. It's out of uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And and believe me, consider me, that is the real Hall of Fame because it's for the real wrestlers. That's the ones the wrestlers uh, put you in. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for that to happen, too. It's a great time in our career, Robert and I, man. Amazing how we, uh, you know, such a long time ago, we teamed up. The longest tag team ever. But getting back to your, your question there, buddy, I really can't pick. But, but, you, but the ones that you know that I said, Lawler and Flair, they're the best, too. Uh, ever stepped in the ring with.
3: For sure. And congrats on your induction with uh, Robert Gibson and the uh, pro wrestling
1: Well, Hall. thank you, man. It's Congratulations. Quite a great honor. For sure. Yes. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Now, look here. I'm going to have to uh, get a pole with a feather, but y'all got to get get in the groove here. We got to get happy. Let's have fun on here. <laughs> yes. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well,
0: maybe on the topic of your tag team partner, Robert, let's have like a little fun question here. You guys traveled with each other, you know, fought with each other. What is your favorite moment from traveling together? So despite like what was in the ring, what was their favorite moment traveling together?
1: There's nothing uh, that could ever top winning the world titles for the first time. Now, See, we worked small territories, and and believe me, the NWA tag team titles was a, the biggest accomplishment at that time that you could uh, that you could have. You know, and, and and it is like Ric Flair's NWA belt. He traveled when Robert and I won the world tag team. We traveled all over the the world, defended them, uh, even in Toronto, Canada. Even came to Canada, defended our belts. Uh, that was one of the most greatest things what you're talking about you know robert and i have been together god i think 38 years right you know that's uh i've been with him more than i've been with my wife and and i don't even like her either no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, <my laughs> we uh i am telling you it, it and it's like and even the boys will tell you now here we go me and robert are we're like an old married couple in the ring, bickering at each other, fighting, you know, just back and forth. But it was a long, hard road. It's not easy to have a a relationship with a wrestling partner. And I have to get get on Robert about that all the time, because we'll be somewhere and he'll say, hey, guys, I want you to meet my partner, uh, Ricky Morton. Robert, I'm your wrestling partner. Okay? Get that to Come on now. (laughs) I'm your wrestling partner okay but it don't matter uh that's one thing about my school too uh that's the biggest rule uh at my school is when you walk through my door i don't care who you are what color you are what ginger you are we're all the same when you're in my school and if there's a problem with that i would take care of it real quick it's just the way it is uh i love everybody i love this business and and being with robert it, you know this went into the world titles for the first time. Now I could tell you stories on here that I probably go to jail about. No, I'm just kidding. But 40 years. And and if I tell you one story, that's just one night. <laughs> one night. We was on a road every day. I'm I, we wrestled for our first year for Crockett, we never had a day off. Uh wow. because the demand was, was so good and and it, and, and see it and you you didn't ask for one off because uh you know that's what you did you're a territory wrestling territories popped i mean you don't slow down you keep it going full steam ahead but thank you though uh just winning the world titles for the first time it was really really amazing for robert now
2: wow thank you for sharing that uh rick um i was Gonna. I, I want to keep making this fun. So uh, I was gonna ask a dull one, but I'm not gonna ask a dull question. Next question, I want to. Go ahead. Ask...
1: No, 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 no. Here, put your mic put your mouth up to the oh. mic. Don't be afraid to ask me. <laughs> anything. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yes sir, yes sir. Uh, Just hold the uh,
1: mic there, Tom.
2: <laughs> I got the mic. Yes sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm, duh, gonna buy, the... I'm gonna
1: buy you a new mic. I have the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send you a mic in the mail. Yeah,
2: but my brother got me this mic, Rick. Uh, I'll tell him. Uh, it was his fault. It's my brother's fault. He got me this one. He's like, he told me it's state of the art. He told me it was a great mic, but obviously he's wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> the question <laughs> I'm going to ask is the name, the Rock and Roll Express, the legendary name people can't forget. How did that name come about? Like, how did you guys come up with that name?
1: Wow. It, it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, I guess we got a little while here, bud, because here we go again down memory lane. And, and when I'm talking, it's not the part that I'm trying to do this. When you ask me that question, it's just a lot of stages to it of how it happened. Uh, earlier we we're talking about my dad and my, and my dad always told me, because he knew territory wrestling, you know, the top baby face owned it. And and wasn't we gonna get above them, but to have a great job he tell me he says tag team wrestling towards that. You get more opportunities uh to do this. And to and to work on top in territories as a tag team wrestler, because then it was not the you know sometimes the main event was the tag team champions, and the semi main event was the owner of the territory <laughs> doing his thing. Uh, but my dad always told me tag team wrestling, so I took up my first tag team partner. I really <coughs> teamed up with was a, a guy by the name of Sonny King. And God did I learn a lot from him. Then me and Eddie Gilbert teamed up uh out in Oklahoma. And then we came back to Memphis. And I have a lot of people in the world tell me, so Ricky you the greatest baby face, uh, that uh, but no, a, a guy by the name of Ken Lucas. And if you don't know Ken, you guys need to look him up. Uh he never worked for none of the big companies but the small territories. He was phenomenal. He was uh he taught me how to sell. He taught me how to make that comeback. He taught me how to get the people behind you at every match you do. Because man, when you filter off the crowd and, and, and they got you going, this is the way to do a match. Now, me, Kitty, we'd have to go to Southwest Championship Wrestling. That was down in San Antonio, Texas. And the owner of it was Joe Blanchard, Tully Blanchard's dad. That's where I first met Tully. And me and, uh, me and Ken Lucas did an angle with uh, Gino and Tully. And for a small territory, dude, we, I mean, me and Kitty popped that territory. But not us by ourselves. You had Gino, Tully, and the, the greatest cowboy wrestler I think ever, Scott Casey. Uh, and, a, and a lot of great heels. And another thing, all of them knew how to work, like I was telling you earlier. And that's what makes your territory so good. But Jerry Lawler, him and Jerry, Jarrett owned Memphis wrestling. Now in Memphis is where I started at. That's where my dad was at. I stayed there for years and Jerry Lawler and Jarrett were having a little trouble. And the reason it was having trouble is cause they had a tag team in there. The fabulous ones. Now I don't know if Stan Lane and Steve Card at the time, but the guy that was really, really huge in, ta- in Memphis was Jackie Fargo. And Jackie Fargo to return, he was still this. And so Jerry Jarrett gave them the gimmick of that and shot videos on them and boy, they, they had it going. But here you are, you're getting an ego battle. Lawler and the fabulous ones. So Lawler was gonna go opposition of uh, jerry jarrett do you know what i mean by opposition he was going to open up his own territory and go against it. so he was thinking of a tag team so he came all the way to san antonio texas jerry lawler did and he told me he says i'm gonna go opposition of jerry and i want y'all to come wrestle for me but see that's me going back home that's right up my alley he said i want to team you with robert gibson and i known Robert. You know, Robert had wrestled with his brother, Ricky and Robert Gibson. And, and Robert was a great worker. I mean, he still is a great worker. And uh, it, and when they put us together, I mean, dude, we just clicked. You know, it clicked. It was something special we had. But what I'm saying to you is I gave my notice. So me and Robert come into Memphis and Lawler and Jerry Jarrett made up. So here we are. Here's me and Robert. We don't have a gimmick. We don't have nothing. And uh, you, you got Ricky Robert, R&R, the Rolls Royce sign. No, we didn't like that. We got that. And Jimmy Hart told Jerry Lawler, we're sitting there coming up names. He goes, What about the Rock and Roll Express? And Jerry Lawler tells him, That's the worst name I ever heard but we're going to go with it because we <laughs> need it. <laughs> I'm serious. And uh, wow. it was on a Sunday afternoon. And they then to plugged us on TV because they run Memphis on a Sunday that week, because I think they had a pro basketball game that Monday night in there. And we went to a flea market out back and we bought, and we looked at some rock and roll books. And so we try to dress up like rock stars and stuff. And I'm at, I never forget our first match. We went out there and it was against Pago Pago and uh, Mike Boyette. And those guys were great. They put us, I mean, we were doing all kinds of stuff. And and I never forget a fan told me, he said, hell, I would know if y'all was gypsies or Indians. When you first come out that door, we had feathers and uh, bandanas all over us. But it was really cool, man. It was a moment that uh, – that captured. But that's how we got it. Uh, you know, Jerry Lawler put us together and Jimmy Hart, you know, because, you know, do you know Jimmy Hart? Jimmy Hart, you know, Jimmy Hart was a rock star in his day. Do you guys know that? Oh, yeah. He played with wow. Jimmy Hart in the Gentries, uh, American Bandstand, cool. all that stuff he did. And uh, it was a cool moment. And, it, 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 and then, you know, we, we became second fiddle to the fabulous ones but what not we do and that's where we live to go to Louisiana
2: amazing story amazing thank you for sharing that Rick oh well, yeah buddy for sure
3: uh, you mentioned about your wrestling school uh, earlier on the school of Martin um, how, how's that uh, going uh, thus far and I know I, uh, you mentioned that you have a YouTube uh, channel about your school
1: uh, tell us a bit more about your, your wrestling school Man, uh, me and a fellow named James Strange, uh, we uh, talked about it for a long time, and we finally done it. Now, my school is in a little place called Chucky, Tennessee. There's only two buildings in the whole town, and one of them's my school. Uh, Glenn Jacobs Kane, he, he, you know, he's the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I invited him over one day to come to Chucky. It's about 60 miles outside of, and he walked in the door, and he goes, how the hell did you find this place? He said, I'm <laughs> glad I had a GPS. He said, I'd have never got here. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's like the Field of Dreams. You build it, and they would come. But it's like everything else. I started off slow. I, you know, I didn't—I couldn't even afford a rice and green. We homemade one, 14, by 14 foot. Uh I never get that's when Chase, you know Chase Owens at the Bullet Club. Do you know Chase? I believe so, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. he's in I the Bullet, bullet Club, for, Chase yeah. Owens mm. in, in Japan. You know, it was Chase was one of my students. I had like three more and it kept growing and as it grew, we kept getting more of the building, knocking walls down, uh until eight years later, and this place is you know it's the building's over 100 years old we even have a stew hard dungeon but this wow. is a real dungeon in the bottom of this old building oh. it's it's really spooky and, but we uh moved everything upstairs now And you know my ring went my my school went from a homemade ring to where we got three set up in the building when we want them to one on the trailer uh we, do, we run a lot of shows out of the school of Morton to fair shows and we have a great show. I mean, it really is. I get compliments from uh, guys that are in big companies wondering what, why the hell had you, why don't you work for this company? Or why don't you work for this company? Well, what, now we're getting back to earlier to what I'm saying is, is if I'm going to work for somebody and I, and I got an idea, I want it to be that way you hear me uh, i don't want to have to go ask somebody if i can do this do that uh at my school if you get a chance watch it watch i, w- I won't be there this sunday because uh but uh, everything's already laid out so we have production rooms we got a, all our stuff ready to go uh, straight on live uh, youtube because this weekend i'm going to be in uh I'm in New Jersey, uh, all up and I won't even get home to Sunday night until 11 o'clock. Matter of fact, I'm gonna fly out early in the morning. But if you're out there, anybody's out there and you're interested and it's not that. I'm just gonna tell you this and you, you can blow it off if you want to or not. I did this all my life and I give my life to this business. But there's so many little things that you would never see my dad used to tell me this. He said, I'm going to tell you this right here, but you understanding it, I'd be better off talking to that wall. But one day it hits you and it did what he was trying to tell me and to learn. That's what I do at my school. Uh, I you know I, I don't get in the ring and teach you a headlock. I have other people to do that. I teach you how to work now, did you guys watch the the W W F? Well, and the but the W F show they had on A D the other night with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Did you guys watch that?
2: The uh, the one with Andre,
1: yeah, yeah with told, Andre um, and Hulk Hogan. story, professional wrestling, I think. Yeah, but what I'm trying to tell you is, and this is what the boys has got away from the date. I'm trying to bring it back. Here's Hulk Hogan, the biggest thing ever in the business. And and I'm going to tell you, Terry wasn't one of the greatest workers in the world. Don't get me wrong. But Terry knew how to do one thing that was great, and that was sell. That's what got Hulk Hogan over, really. Do you hear me? When he'd go out, he'd sell. And, And see, the people had got so much away from that that it's horrible because they think they're going to look bad. But see, if you get back to thinking it's storytelling, I, d- I don't know if they don't want heels or baby faces no more, but they need to. So you've got to have that villain uh, and to learn and, and that's me over the year and, and stop to think about this. And I wanted to tell y'all, thank you earlier, you know, for Robert and I being nine time world tag team champions, but you see, I never wanted to be a champion. And the reason that, that, you're looking at me crazy, but see, in our business, the people pay their money to see me win, but the he'll keep screwing me every week. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then we had come back at a match that he can't do that to me this way, but he'll figure out another way to do it. That's how our business will think. And, and the angle they did with Hulk Hogan and Andre, was so cool and and terry was smart you know you you remember he punched him twice and he goes to slam andre and andre falls on top of him went to and if you watch that match it took 10 minutes to do that (laughs) if you really understand that and see that's what we get in the way if you're in the crowd and you're watching the races matches this day uh, you know get a chance and watch it it's like watching the damn tennis match everybody's doing this And they're and they're not taking their time in the businesses. You know, the wrestling ring is our stage. And if you're in that ring, and if you learned how to neutralize that whole ring, for everybody in that building can understand what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I know you've been to Broadway shows. Do you ever see somebody sing a song in thirty seconds? No, no. Okay, it's got to be the same thing in her business to tell that story and and to get that heat back on that hill. And don't be afraid to be a heel. If you're a baby face, don't be afraid to sell. That's what's wrong with our businesses. And that's why my school is so successful. I mean, it's been several times that I'd be at my school and have a run in my show and I have to go to commercial breaks. The reason why is because my heels got so much heat that the fans hit the rink I have to go out there and get him out of the ring. You know, get out of the ring. What are you doing? I'm putting. Well, I'm gonna kill him <laughs> And <laughs> wow. you see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, for it's sure. still
1: there. It's still there. And, and you no, know, I'm not here trying to say, trying to insult anybody's intelligence. Our business is the greatest business in the world. So let's try something different. Matter of fact, call Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton will show you something different that the people love, and it still keeps the entertainment into professional wrestling, and we keep the crowd guessing. Uh, hell, nowadays I think they know the finishes before the damn guys even go to the ring. Uh, they don't tell you know. You see what I'm saying? Uh, just bring back, and, and you just can't do it overnight. You have to. I mean, do it overnight. You have to. Just, Work it gradually, slowly, and I promise you, uh, if you get that one good baby face and that one good heel, holy shit, there's no telling what you can do in our business. That's what my school of Morton's about. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can show you things in five minutes, some of the guys in the business that they've, in that five minutes, I can show you more than you learned in the last year. And I promise you that.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Rick. That was a very, I think you're a really great storyteller because you you tell us really good uh, pockets of your own journey and the emotions um, behind it and all the, the secrets that I guess wrestler, wrestling fans don't really get to see on the screen. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, God, you're welcome. Man, this is what I love doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, and any of you guys out there, and thank you for saying that, but I'm going to give it, if you want to break into our business, I'm not asking you to join my school, but come and stop by one day. I promise you, uh, you I would really, because I'm in East Tennessee, way out in the middle of nowhere, but just make plans and come just one time. And I show you things that you never Ever thought of and see it. And, and listen, if you're trying to break into our business and, and, and you're trying, you know, to catch somebody's attention, it's not you doing a moonsault. It's not you diving out of the ring. You know, it's not shooting Hugo out of a cannon all the way across the building and he kicks out on one. It's not about that. It's about working. And when you have people that like Cody Rhodes and, uh, Chris Jericho and you got Hunter Hensley. It's the little things they look at to see if you're going to make it in our business or not. It's not those big things. I always tell guys, I do a lot of seminars and and I tell them, and excuse my language here, I, you know, first thing you get in a ring and here they go flying everywhere. And I, and I stop and I tell them, say, guys, just for a minute, if you want to impress me, Eat an apple and shit a fruit salad. That would impress me. But in this wrestling ring here, show me the basics. Show me what you know. Show me how to take your time. Show me how to paint a picture. And I promise you, 99% of the time, they don't have a clue what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on our show, Rick. We're going to wrap it up. And so thank you so much on being um, Tea Time with Tommy. Thank you so much.